Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. It's almost Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I hope you guys are too. I know it's going to be a slightly different Christmas this year. I mean, we're in tier four up in Hertfordshire and it's um, it's a bit crazy, but um, I hope you guys are okay out there. I mean, it's been an interesting 2020, hasn't it? I, for me, I mean, last week I was in Dubai singing back on the stage, all those lovely Christmas songs, and ah, oh, what a way to go out this year because I think I would have been very sad I, had I not got around to singing those Christmas songs. So that was lovely. But um, yeah, Christmas is going to be quite quiet for us. I think my family and I are just going to be at home, you know, watching lots of movies, eating lots of food. I think that's going to be about it. So I hope you guys are all good out there. I hope you're ready for Christmas and uh, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a wonderful time. Now, we have a very special guest this week. He is one of our most renowned lyricists in the country, I think. Most of you will know him for his Bond themes, I think, all those amazing lyrics to Born free, as free as the wind blows. Wow, I must be in a good mood. I'm singing lots today. I got to work with this man a few years ago on that actual song, and he wrote me some brand new lyrics um, for myself and Brian to record, and I'm so honoured that he's come on my show. He's a dear friend, and I cannot believe he's here. Please welcome the gorgeous Don Black. Don, it is such a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. One, because we've met, you know, so many years ago and lots of ha- has happened for, for us. But there's, I mean, there's just so much to talk about with you. And I know you've been super busy. So I'm really, really pleased that you've kind of made time for us today. So thank you so, so much. It's lovely to have you with us. It's Thanks. lovely to be here. And as, apart from being a, a dear friend, I'm a big fan. Oh, you're very kind. In fact, the mo- I, I saw you most recently at the uh, the Prince of Egypt um, opening night, didn't I? It was a lovely... Did you enjoy the show? Uh, most of it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the, just three hours of it, that's all. Yeah, it's just pretty long. No, it, was, it, sure, really- it was a great, you know, great production. Is it weird for you when you go and see, you know, people's musicals? Obviously, because you have done or been involved in a lot of musicals yourself. Is it, is it strange? Do you go with a very unbiased hat on or, or can you not help look at it from a creative point of view? Um, I try to get lost in it. Yeah. But um, the thing that always annoys me, being a lyric writer, is you can't always hear the words in musicals. <laughs> That's true, actually. Especially, Especially the more modern chor- musicals. When they're choral songs, you know. Yes, which is is very important. I mean, if you don't hear what people are saying and what they're talking about, what's the point? (laughs) I mean, Don, you've done so many things and obviously people will know you for, uh, you you know, I think mainly your big Bond classics, which I've covered most of them because I'm I'm a big fan of you too. Um, And, you know, where I've been like reading up on you a little bit in the last kind of couple of weeks. Obviously, I know you as a friend and we've worked together, but... I found some interesting things out in on the in the early days of. Did I read correctly that you started out, um, you know, music publishing, and and it said somewhere like you had a brief moment as a as a comic. Is well, that right, I, or is that yeah, just a Wikipedia it, it, horror? It, it's right, but it isn't. It wasn't so brief. It was about two years worth. Of, wow. Yeah, I, I played all the you know all the uh, 
things like the Met Edgware Road and Collins Musical and City Varieties wow. Lease. I did everything. I I don't know if it's a coincidence, but they're all closed now. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. But did you did you start out knowing what you wanted to do, or how did you fall into becoming, you know, such an amazing lyricist? Did it, did you go looking for it, or did it? How did it happen? I've always loved words, and I've always loved mm. great songs. And I remember as a young boy listening to songs like. Fish got to swim, birds got to fly, I got to love one man till I die. And I'm thinking, that's so clever, that, because Mm. fish do have to swim, birds do have to fly. (laughs) It's another way of saying I love you without saying I love you. And then I listened to Cole Porter songs and Irving Berlin songs, Mm. and I've always been fascinated by the craft that goes Mm. into when you analyse these great songs. Um, So My favourite songs, like Every Time We Say Goodbye, I Die a Little. Uh, oh, uh, you know, oh, um, what a brilliant lyric that is. The way you look tonight and bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. I just mention these only because when you analyze the lyric, they are so brilliant and mm. so concise. And so uh, when I, you know, I had the opportunity to, to write some songs that nothing happened with, it wasn't until I met Matt Monroe and I wrote my first mm. successful song, which was called Walk Away. And, um, that was a top five record. And from then on, I, I started taking it seriously. And that's, and that's when John Barry asked me to do Thunderball and got me into the uh, James Bond world. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, there, there's been so many brilliant ones. I mean, you, 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 part man- or you managed Matt Monroe, didn't you? Or did you write together? Did you actually create them together or did you write separately? Well, he never wrote anything. He just sang them. Oh, he just he just sang. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so uh, no, I wrote. I, I know how many I wrote. I wrote thirty songs for Matt Monroe. Wow! Because I had to add them up the other day. They're trying to put a, a record together of all our songs that we did. Are they? Um, wow! Yeah, it was Matt Monroe and John Barry that really got me going. Wow! Says. Oh, I mean, I, did, did the Bond thing change things for you? I mean, because suddenly. I mean, you know, going into that into that movie world, did it did it change things? Did suddenly everybody start looking at, at you and your lyrics, and did it did it make a difference? It made a big difference because there are very few people who write lyrics only. Um, mm. I can only think of Tim Rice off the top of my head. <laughs> there's not a long there's not a long list of us. Mm. Um, there are people, but not a long list of them. And. Um, so I was in demand, but I became more in demand when I won an Oscar for a song, uh, Born yes. Free. And when, yes. I, when, I, when I won that, then I was really in demand and, and working with all these Henry Mancini's and Quincy Jones and all those, and Andrew, Lord of Weather, and all those sort of things. But, you know, I'm set, I've said it very quickly, but it's, uh, there's a lot of gaps in between. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I have to talk to you about Born Free. Um, I guess I should kind of mention our connection and our journey. I, I mean, I met you, I think, for the first time. Was at the Shaw Theatre? I think you came to my little one-woman show in Euston. I think that was the first time we met. Yes, I remember that show, yes. And I couldn't believe your range. Oh, well, 
I remember, um, I think Brian even may have introduced us and, uh, and he, he said, you know, we've got, you should, you should write a song together and I should sing it. And, um, you know, time's gone by and we have done that, but, but Born Free was, was massive for Brian and I, especially. And, you know, you were very, very generous of, of giving us some new lyrics yes, um, to, to record the song with, which was amazing. Are you, I mean, obviously the song was such a massive hit for you. Um, do you, what are your thoughts when people take on your songs and kind of change them about a bit? Do you like people to stay completely, um, you know, attached to the original? Do you, are you, are you No, I don't. Worried? I, I like people to make the song their own. Um, I think it's very boring when people sing Tell Me on a Sunday exactly the way Marty Webb sings it. No, I think you have to personalise the song. And um, that's what makes it interesting to see what, what she's done with it, whoever it is. And no, I love that. It's, uh, it would be very dull otherwise if everyone sang mm. it the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you, like, where do your lyrics come from? I mean, do... It, do you have a big? I mean, I've I've obviously been around when you've written little notes on backs of cigarette packets and you know napkins and all of those kind of things. But do you does it? Do you actually sit down and write them, or does it come from different places? How does it? How does it come? It's a kind of thing that is indefinable. If you you could ask any songwriter, and none of us know really. <laughs> all I know is that when I hear a melody that I that needs lyrics. I stare out of a lot of windows and I walk around a lot of parks mm. and uh, until I get something that sings well. That's very yeah. important um, that they sing well because, as opposed to poetry. Poetry, you can ponder. You can read mm. a poem and then think about it before you read the next line. With a lyric, it's continuous, one continuous thought. It's, um, but singability is a very big thing. I, you know, you can't write a clunky lyric as a singer isn't comfortable with. And those high notes, you know, it's got to be on the right vowel. and all that. Right vowel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important, those things, because if they can jar with, especially, you know, if you're singing something quite difficult, if you've got a difficult vowel to sing on, that, that can, can be really difficult. I know. I mean, do you sing, Don? I don't know if I've no, ever I, asked I, you this. I, I don't sing, but I sing to myself and... It's always like Anthony Newley when I sing it. <laughs> I'm not a singer, but, uh, you know, I like storytelling. Mm. So, you know, when I hear a song, I have to be moved for me to be involved in it, really. Mm -hmm. When someone says to me, I recognize myself in that song you've written, then I know I've cracked it. I think that's one of the greatest compliments when someone says, oh, when I heard... Um, you know, uh, or say, tell me on a Sunday, or unexpected song, or one of, or uh, as if we never said goodbye, or what, and they say, you know, I really felt that, and um, that's wonderful. You've you've touched a lot of nerves. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, talking about musicals, I have to talk, you know, about some of the amazing shows that you've been involved with. Obviously, tell me on a Sunday, it was was huge for you, and. Obviously, you worked closely with Marty Webb, who, again, I, I did one of my very first jobs with her, so I'm a big fan. And 
was Marty involved in the creation of, of the show? Did she have an input in the in the lyrics? Because especially when I've been involved in new shows, um, you know, there's so much um, collaboration between the artists and the directors and the uh, the composers, you know, to make it fit for the show. I mean, did you come in and how, how did that work? Well, Marty gave everything to it, but she didn't actually write any lyrics. What, <laughs> what, what, what she did do was she's supposed to be an ordinary girl from Muswell Hill. And mm-hmm. although she doesn't come from Muswell Hill, she's a very ordinary girl. And um, yeah. so when she wrote home to her mum and doing those letters home, and, you know, she was right. It was great casting. It was Andrew's idea. He saw her in her early musicals. And he said, she's a fine singer. And mm. I should really meet her and see if she... And when I spoke to her, she was so normal. Mm. I said, well, that's what we want, an ordinary, normal girl. We don't want anyone yeah. slick and and um, and she, you know, she was great and uh, she did a fantastic and she's still doing it every day. On she is, yeah, she's amazing, yeah, she's wonderful. Um, is it different with a musical because you know there's a story, there's a brief, the 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 song has to move on the scene. It has. Is it is it more difficult to write for a for a musical than you know a standalone song? Is there different challenges with that? It's a different craft. They're all difficult yeah. if you let it be difficult. But yeah. I think it's easier to write for the theatre because at least you know who the character is, is going to sing. Yeah. So when you write for Norma Desmond, you know that she's unhinged and she's, <laughs> and you know, she's dreaming these impossible dreams. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you, you've got to start. But if you've just got to write a pop song... Um, you know, with Robbie Williams or or, or something, or Brian May, bless him, <laughs> bless him. It doesn't have to be about anything specific. It, it just has to be a nice song or a great song. But you you you're in the dark, really. Alan <clears throat> J. Lerner once said he'd never ever written uh, a, a song that wasn't from something, which <clears throat> is interesting. Hmm. And do you, I guess everyone writes differently, and composers write differently with do you do you like to work in a room with someone or separately or Se- separately I, I think um I wrote over 100 songs with John Barry and Andrew mm. Lloyd Webber and the mm. thing is I don't think you can write great lyrics being in the same room with someone you need mm. that mind-wandering lunacy that comes with I could do this I could do that um and you can't sort of, uh, I can't imagine Johnny Mercer saying to Henry Mancini in the same room, what do you think about Huckleberry Friend, Hank? <laughs> uh, you know, it's a kind of line, it's a kind of line that Johnny Mercer was up all night thinking, what can that be? And uh, so there's very few people do write in the same room. They, today they do. Not only, mm. two, there's usually 10 of them in the same room. Yes, yeah, yeah. That must be really difficult because you've got so many opinions and like you say, sometimes it just has to be a thought, uh, an emotion and, and to have all those opinions must distract from, from where you're going with it. It's yeah. No, the only people I know who did it well, who worked that way, was Kandra and Ebb. They, mm. they used to sit down in the same room and just slog through it. And yeah. when you think of their great cabaret and, uh, yes. you know, and all that stuff that they did. And, uh, so... They were fantastic, Chicago. Um, it's, but they're the only ones I can think of who did it. Hal David never 
worked in the same room as Burt Bacharach. And, uh, it's rare. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I mean, Sunset is is huge, obviously. Um, and w- was it made for the film first or was it made to go on stage first, the show? Um, no, it was made to go on film. On the film. And did, did an added pressure come with it being, you know, suddenly it was going to go to screen? Did Did that make a difference or did you treat it as you treat any other songwriting? I, I Well, I remember Billy Wilder, who wrote the screenplay, um, he said to me and Christopher Hampton one day, when he, after he saw it, he said, you boys, he was from Vienna, he said, you boys are very, very clever. So I said, why is that, Mr. Wilder? He said, you didn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a wonderful thing. We were very loyal to what the story is. We didn't change anything. We made it sing. Um, uh, but that's all. We, there was nothing wrong with it. We'll be right back with Don in just a moment. But if you are enjoying the season so far, hit subscribe. Even leave us a review. We love hearing what you have to say about the show. I am loving it this season. And what a load of brilliant guests we've had. So if you haven't heard the rest of the season, just hit subscribe. And you can listen to them and it will just pop right into your inbox straight away. And next up, we have an amazing guest next week. So don't forget to tune in for that. Also, if you have any last-minute shopping to do, I have some Keep Calm and Carry On pins left. So if you want one, just go onto my website, www.kerryellis.com. And you can also download my Christmas song there too, just before Christmas. And if you want a little stocking filler last minute, I have some CDs left of my Feels Like Home. Okay, enough selling for me. Let's get back to Don. And obviously, we we both have have uh, Frank Wildhorn in common, and uh, you have you worked on a musical um, uh, quite recently, Bonnie and Clyde, which was didn't that start in America, and then you did another version here. Has it? Is that right? That I've got that well, right. We, have, we I? haven't done it here yet, but that's that our next dream. I mean, it will come on. We've done yeah. a workshop here, mm. and you know, and we're very fond of that uh, show. It, it, it really yeah. is a great show. And, you know, we got nominated. Great songs. Yeah, we got nominated for a, a Tony for it. Um, but there <laughs> <It's> is casual. <laughs> no, but there, casual Tony. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's a fantastic show that I will will surface when theatres are open again. Does it? Does when you you know the, the early stages of those shows and they do change, they do evolve. Do you ever get? Uh, like precious and want to hold on to something that you 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 know you you strongly believe in like a certain song or a certain lyric or do you dig your heels in or are you quite adaptable and, and go with the flow go with the change? Well, I think you you can be too adaptable and too flexible. Mm. Really, it's if you're so certain of it, you do have to stand your ground and say, "I love that song and it will work." Trust me, trust me. Uh, yeah. When I started, I, I listened to everybody. Yeah. Now I, I'm very much aware that I have a voice as well, and uh, <laughs> I might be right. Absolutely. Well, you've definitely been right several times. <laughs> have you got a favourite that you've that you've written? What a favourite song? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a hard question. People ask me when they say, "What's your favourite musical? What's your favourite role you've played?" And it is difficult because obviously they're all they all mean something for for various reasons. But I always do like to ask it because I'm interested with what other people, you know, associate their you know their emotions with. I I, I don't know. I'm very much like "Tell Me on a Sunday" the 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 song cycle because it was just Andrew and me. 
Uh, mm. No directors involved, no choreographers, just him and me at a, working at a piano to get it all together. And there's something good about songwriters just doing it without any influence from anyone else. Because mm. once you hand it over to a director, um, you have to trust them. It, it isn't your baby anymore. But the song yeah. that really changed my life was Born Free because it was so mm. successful and um, got me out of Hackney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's such a wonderful song. I mean, I never get tired of singing it, hearing it. And it's amazing if I, you know, even even now, it, it's it's almost like a, a, a song that just has a new generation of, of, of listeners each time. It just doesn't go anywhere. So it's, it's, I think it's, it's I've amazing. Been, I've been very lucky that a lot of my songs come from films. And mm. so, so, you know, films like, you know, Diamonds Are Forever and those kind of songs. They're always on television, you know, and they keep they perpetuate mm. the the song. Yeah, you know, so I'm very lucky like that. I have to talk about your Radio Two show um, because I I would often listen to it on when I was gigging when before lockdown, <laughs> before we were allowed to perform, <laughs> and I would listen, and it was it was so it was so great that it, it it's just nice to hear people talking about things that they're passionate about and it was a really lovely show was it your idea did you come up with that um no david jacobs who did it before me recommended me he heard me stay i, I stood in for elaine page hmm. one, one sunday when she was away and david jacobs happened to hear it and he said to the bosses at bbc you've got to get don black to replace me when i go <laughs> and uh that, that's exactly what they did but Amazing. I'm leaving it now. You know, I'm I'm stopping soon in in October. I, yeah, only, I only saw because, that. Only because I've done it for eight years, I will miss it. Because yeah. I will miss all these great songs. And where else can you hear Tony Bennett and Johnny Mathis mm. and Sinatra? You can't hear these people anywhere. No, no. Did you was was radio something that you you know thought you would end end up doing, or was it again? You it just circumstantial. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, it's a kind of thing I I can't believe how good people think I am at it. I haven't. Really, I haven't <laughs> You've worked, got great voice on the radio. It's lovely. I it's very therapeutic. Worked, <laughs> I haven't worked at it at all. I just. A Terry Wogan said to me, "Don't just have a chat. Don't yeah. don't don't think too much about it. Just get on yeah. with it." And that's exactly what I, what I have done. And of course, the listeners like me quoting Quincy Jones and mm. and Elmer Bernstein, all these people I've worked with. That you have stories uh, it's with. little anecdotes that go along with the songs. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a favourite one that you talked about, a favourite little little moment that, you know, my podcast people would love to listen to, like a, a memory that you have that stands out? Um, well, I, I've had a million memories about... I'm sure about, you do. About which, about which, uh, which composer, I mean, it's... Uh, there's so many. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I, I know. It's, uh, there's I've so many. I mean, I... A couple of thousand songs, so it's a lot. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So I have to talk about your book because I was going to uh, talk about lockdown, really, and, and uh, which I guess leads to your book. Um, and that's why you're so busy at the moment because you've just released your memoirs, and uh, which is really exciting. Congratulations. And what a perfect time because... You know, people are kind of looking for things to do and read and, and be at home. So it's a perfect time. Have you always wanted to... Is this something that was in the pipeline for a long time? No. Or how did this come around? I tell you, uh, 
and for, I know you know this, but uh, your listeners don't. I, I lost my wife, uh, Shirley, mm. in, two, yeah. in uh, 2018. And I started a, a page or two of it. And um, Shirley read it and she said, you know, it's so different. It's a different way of doing an autobiography. And you must finish it. And then she passed. And people said to me, you must work, work, work to deal with your grief. Um, and I took their advice. And that's, I really wrote it in desperation to uh, clear my mind. And um, that, so that was the reason for it. But I'm overwhelmed at the response because of, there is a, an aspect of grief about it. I write about grief. And men don't usually talk about grief. No, they, they write don't. about it. And people have picked up on that, and um, and I hope that I hope there's some funny stories in it as well. Oh, I can't wait to! I'm going to get my copy, and I can't wait. I think it's it's brilliant, and the, you know you've you shared it, that. I think it's it's awesome. called the sanest guy in the room. Devil, they can get it. It's available. Go get it. Go get it. Everyone, go and get it and support lovely Don. So, um, lockdown. I mean, how has lockdown been for you? Has it? Be- I guess you can work from home, and obviously the the book has been keeping you busy. But how has how has that been to suddenly? Well, you I don't know if you know or not, but I did catch the dreaded virus. And no, I, I didn't know I that. Didn't know that. I was in hospital for nine days at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. Oh my goodness, yeah. Don! I had no idea. Are you and okay now? I'm Is fine. everything all right I got, now? I got through it and totally recovered. But I was wow. very lucky to do that. I mean, one of the few <gasps> lucky ones. I got it, and um, I was in hospital, and it, it wasn't as terrifying as it sounds. I mean, it wasn't yeah. pleasant, but the NHS was so unbelievably good, not mm. just in the medical sense, but they were so compassionate, and they mm. looked after me like I was part of their family, you know. It, wow. It was fantastic. And I came home. The worst part about it was coming home and being so weak because it, yes. took, it took three or four weeks to get my strength back. Of course, um, that that is terrible, and you can't. You haven't walked anywhere, and to do yeah. just to walk five yards, you think you're holding on. It's terrible, exhausting. Yeah, it, it's a, but anyway, I got through. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Oh, well, I'm glad you're okay now, and I'm glad you've had time to rest and <laughs> before you launch into the book, the book uh, launch and all of that crazy busy time. Um, what are your thoughts on on theatre and lockdown? Because obviously it's hit our industry our industry very hard. And well, it's a tragedy. I mean, I and I can't yeah. really see it getting better quickly. No, no. Um, I talk to Andrew a lot about it, and everybody else. He's doing brilliantly, actually. He's doing he's a had, lot to try and yeah, yeah. But I, you know, the fact that people can go on a plane and sit <laughs> and sit next to people. I don't know why they can't do that in a theatre, but hopefully some, you know, we have to be optimistic, otherwise we'll all go mad. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. feel so sorry. I feel sorry for people like you and musicians uh, because that's what you do. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's okay if it happens for a month or two, but the thought of, you know, I have friends in New York who say that New York's like a ghost town. Mm. And uh, Shaftesbury Avenue is also a ghost town, so it's Isn't very, it? very sad. 
It is sad. Yeah, I mean, I've been into London a few times and I think what hits me most is to see the theatres boarded up and there's just a, a sense of darkness around them and it's it, there's no life, there's no people. It's really, it's just a sad time. But let's hope, you know, we, it's amazing how creative people have been getting actually in lockdown and, and you know, their creative outlets have just changed slightly, but it, it's, I guess you can't hold creativity down for too long. I've been, um, I've been writing a lot of songs with Van Morrison during this period. Has, yeah, I've been doing for his new album. So that's been keeping wow. me busy. And Laughing. You've got to keep the when will that be out? When, when's, he, when's he looking to put that out? Well, hopefully by the end of the year. But it's, mm. you know, he's got a million concerts that they're all cancelled. Everything's cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, everything is. It's Everything's hard, postponed. It, it, it's hard to, it, it, it isn't uh, what we're used to, is it? Everything's no. stopped. Drastically. Um, have you had, uh, like, like uh, well, I'm sure you've had many high moments and, and amazing moments, but is there a moment that, that stands out for you that's just, that, you know, was really special and that, you know, just stayed with you, a, a real highlight? Um, well, I suppose winning Tony Awards and winning Oscars, I mean, I've never been a party animal, so I, I don't have highs in that, you know, I've just... I think that's why it's, my book is called The Sanest Guy in the Room. Because, uh, <laughs> it's a great title. Because of my stable life. I'm married for almost 60 years. And, um, you know, that's a different way of looking at life. And uh, so the highlights, well, every, every day has been a highlight, but particularly all the Bond openings, and all the mm. show openings. But on the other hand, it hasn't always been success. You have a lot of things that don't work. And uh, if any people, you know, looking for any advice from your podcast, the advice <laughs> I, the advice I always give. Oh, wait for that, because that's going to be my final question. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> hold that thought, hold that thought. Well, but going on, I, what, has there been a, a, a real, uh, you know, obviously Shirley is probably the toughest thing you you know you've ever had to go through I, I can't even imagine but is there a moment career-wise that's been tough and, and and more difficult than some of the others maybe well I think that you do get a lot of disappointment one thing is uh, Stephen Ward the musical I did with Andrew mm. Lloyd Webber which we had high hopes for especially the next day we had five-star reviews and yeah. we thought well my god everyone loved it you know, all the critics loved it but no one came and because mm. no one wanted that story or whatever, whatever the reason. But, you know, you've worked on this thing for two or three years and and you put a lot into every musical. So that that's a disappointment. Any show that doesn't work is a disappointment because you put as much work into that. You know, when you, yeah. you know, you with Alan J. Lerner, you think of My Fair Lady and Camelot mm. and Paint Your Wagon. But I could name you five that opened and closed in days and then yeah. if you add them all up, five musicals that didn't work, uh, you know, it's probably 15 years' worth of uh, Yeah, absolutely. Craft, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's hard, isn't it? I, th- I don't think people see or, or are aware of how much time and effort and people go into putting a show on. It's a lot. Um, is there a song that you, that somebody else wrote that you wish you'd have written? Um, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. The great, the great American songbook is full of them. My favourite song, which is always hard to uh, to say one, but I do love the way you look tonight. 
Oh, it was written by Jerome Kern and Dorothy Fields. It's a lovely sentiment, and it's true. Uh, it's what you think of when you're down, you know. Um, someday when I'm awfully low, I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. It's a beautiful, and it just hugs the melody so well, those words. It's, that's a oh, that's a brilliant one. That's an amazing one. Is is there anything is there anything that you haven't done that you still want to do? Well, funny, there is one thing, and I will get round to doing it. It isn't a money making idea, but it's it's something I've always wanted to do. I want to get like five people who I really love, uh, just five talented, three girls and two boys, and put on a review. That I love. When I go to New York, I always go to those off-Broadway reviews, um, yeah. sort of thing like Forbidden Broadway, but not just about Broadway. Uh, whereas you can sing songs about anything, um, you know, really anything. They can be tragic, they can be witty, and I've been writing a bunch of those songs. And I, I just want to open it as something like the German Street Theatre or some, oh, lovely, or some small thing, and just get someone like you. And so, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd love really, to. You know, someone like you and another, you know, a Bonnie Langford type, yeah. just someone who we know is good and, you know, a couple of guys and, and just do a little review. I'm going to do that. Oh, well, that would be wonderful. I mean, I'd be absolutely honoured. Well, I can't let Don leave us without asking him the final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Uh, well, the advice I would give everyone is this. Uh, for, every, for anyone working in the theatre, disappointment is inevitable. That is the, the, the voice. And I, if I was 20, uh, I'd say that to myself, you're going to get a lot of rejection. And if, you know, because you have to, and that, that happens to the greatest stars and the greatest songwriters. So if you can't take rejection, you're in the wrong business. That's perfect. Oh, Don, what an absolute treat it's been. Terry, it's lovely to see you. We'll see you soon, hopefully, out of there. And we'll, let's do that review. <laughs> okay. God bless you, Kerry. Take care. Well, that's it for another episode. Wow, they go so, so fast. All I have to say to you now is have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, whatever you're doing, however you're spending it, if it's on Zoom, if it's on FaceTime, if it's on the doorstep of your family, whatever you're doing, I hope you have the best time. I want to thank Don Black for coming on my show. Don, you're just wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, my incredible producer, Martin. Ah, what would I do without you? And are you ready for season three, Martin? (laughs) And of course, you, my listeners, where would I be without you? I'm hoping you're still enjoying listening as much as I am making these episodes because it really is keeping me going. So tell your friends, and I hope I keep you entertained over Christmas. We've got an amazing guest lined up for next week. We're almost at the end of our season, but hey, we're going to record season three very soon, so don't worry. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas day, and I will speak to you very soon. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!